are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Nett and I were driving on a trip the other day, and uh, I said to Annette as we're driving along through Memphis, Tennessee, I said, I wonder what the population is in Memphis, Tennessee. And so Annette just pulls out her phone, and she just says, what's the population of Memphis? And, and within seconds, there was a verbal response saying the population of Memphis is like 650,000 or something like that. So we've kind of become dependent. I'll find myself reading and I'll come across the word and I'm like, I don't know that I fully know the definition of that word. And so I'll just take my smartphone and say define and I'll say the word. And in about three seconds, there is a verbal response giving me a definition of the word. We had a situation with our car last week, and we couldn't get something to work. And so I just said to my phone, how do you fix this? And I gave the model and the year of my car. And within seconds, there is a video in front of me taking me step by step how to fix that. It took less than a minute to do it. So it's awesome. We walk around in life with these phones that are so smart, they can tell us so much stuff. It's a long way from the first phone that I ever had that was like a mobile phone. It was a little flip phone. You, you flipped it up and then it had this little antenna that you would raise up, not making that up like that. And you could really only talk on it. But finally they came up with this way where you could send messages. But some buttons you had to hit three times to get to the letter you wanted. You know what I mean? So now you just have this awesome device that you carry around and you can just ask it anything. Here's the problem. There are some things about life and faith that my phone cannot answer for me. Let, let me give you an example. Does God exist? It's all a mystery to me. She says it's all a mystery to her. Now think with me for a minute, okay? What, what if you had lived like 2,000 years ago? And what if you had been one of Jesus' disciples? Can you imagine this? And you're you're hanging out with Jesus just about all the time because that's what a disciple did. They spent all of their time with the rabbi. And you could ask Jesus anything you wanted to ask him. It's like, it's like just having, you know, smart Jesus with you everywhere you went, you know. And so you're just walking along because they walked everywhere and you would walk from maybe one village to another or one city to another or maybe from one region like Galilee all the way down to Judea which may take a few days to walk together and whatever questions pop into your head you can just say hey Jesus and I wonder if they ask questions like you know walking along one runs up ahead to get beside Jesus and he goes hey can I ask you a question he goes yeah he goes okay r remind me okay so if, if God is all loving and God is all powerful tell me again why does he allow suffering in this world or or did they ask questions like T tell me again Jesus how how can I know for sure that the Bible the scripture is really the word of God to us and I gotta wonder if they ask like Kind of trivial questions like, hey, Jesus, I got this neighbor and his tree is growing like over my fence, over my house. And I've asked him to cut it down a couple of times and he won't. How should I handle that? Or you got to wonder, did like uh, Peter ever say, hey, Jesus, I'm having a problem with my mother-in-law, the one you healed. So thanks for that, by the way. Um, how do you work through these family struggles? 
You say, Rick, do you really think the disciples just asked Jesus questions? We know they did because many of those questions are recorded in the Gospels. What do you mean? I mean, like one day the disciples say to Jesus, and this is a question I've had many times. They said, Jesus, why do you always speak to people in parables? Haven't you ever wondered that? Every time Jesus would get a crowd, he would talk to them in parables. Or, or one day one disciple says to Jesus, I want to ask you a deep Christological question. Jesus says, go for it. And he said, why did the teachers of the law say that the Messiah will not come until Elijah returns first? Deep stuff. And, and, and then there was the stuff like, I want to ask Jesus all the time. Hey, Jesus, can you, can you tell me something? Why is it back there that, that I tried everything I had to cast out a demon and I couldn't do it? I mean, I, I prayed for this person to be, you know, like delivered from this problem. Didn't happen. I mean, I'm always thinking, Lord, why, why is it that I pray for somebody to get healed and they don't get healed? Or, or sometimes I get tickled when I think about what they ask because one guy says to Jesus one day, how did you make this fig tree wither? Because that was crazy good. Can you teach me to do that stuff? Or there's been many times when I've read in the New Testament a parable of Jesus and I walk away going, I don't fully understand everything about what he's trying to say. And the disciples would just walk along and this is recorded more than once. Hey Jesus, that parable you spoke to those people back there, I don't even understand it. What does it mean? I don't have this. There are so many times in my life when I feel like I'm lost. I don't know which direction to turn. Or I've got big questions and I don't have answers for those questions. And the disciples just, it was like a smart Jesus. They just, they ask him stuff all the time. Hey, tell me about this. I don't have that in my life. I don't ever get to walk with the physical Jesus. I don't ever get to say, hey, explain something to me, please. But I'm going to give you some really good stuff, okay? Really good stuff. You're going to love it. In fact, for somebody today, your world is going to change a bit. You're going to be like, wow, somewhere in the sermon, it's going to really settle in with you. And here's what I'm going to say today. I'm going to say to it over and over again, okay? But here's the bottom line. God has given you. As you embrace Jesus, as you follow Jesus, God has given you His Holy Spirit to help you through this life. You're not alone. When you have questions you don't have answers for, when you feel lost and you don't know which way to turn, I'm here to tell you that God has given you His Holy Spirit to help you through this life. That's really, really good stuff. And I'm going to spend the rest of our time today trying to unpack that for you, okay? So grab a Bible or a phone or look on the screen with me, and I'm going to take you to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 31. John, chapter 13, verse 31. Now, here's what's going on. We call this section of Scripture the farewell discourse. The reason we call it the farewell discourse is because Jesus is preparing his disciples for the fact that he's leaving. And since I'm leaving, he knows the cross is near. There's some things that I got to make sure you guys know 
really well. Okay, that's why we call it the farewell discourse. He predicts that Judas is going to betray him. All right, and this gets us to 31. When he was gone, meaning when Judas was gone, Jesus is with his disciples, Judas is there, Judas leaves, okay? When he was gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. And if God is glorified in him, then God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. What's that all about? What everybody thought was defeat, the cross, ends up becoming when Jesus is exalted and lifted up and God is glorified. It wasn't defeat. It was victory. So my children, this is news break. You know when you're at home and you're watching the news and it says, you know, breaking news across the banner at the bottom? But then what it prints next is news that you've heard all week long and you go, this isn't breaking news. This is breaking news. This is new stuff to the disciples. He says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. In other words, I'm leaving. Can you imagine what this is like for them? Jesus, what? you can't leave. The masses, they're not coming to see us, Jesus. They're coming to see you. You are the star of the show. And you can't leave. How can you leave? And who is going to talk to us? When we feel lost and don't know which way to turn, who do we go to? When we have questions we don't have answers for, who do we ask? You can't leave, man. You look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And then Jesus talks about his favorite thing. You ready for it? A new command I give you, love one another. It's his favorite subject. As I've loved you, that's how you should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So there will be people who will look at the Christian community and say, I don't understand why they believe what they believe. But what I cannot deny is how they love each other. And I want to be a part of that community. Because they really take care of each other in that community. Okay? Simon Peter asked him. Consternation. Inward struggle. He's dealing with it. It's heavy on him. Where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Jesus is talking about the cross. He's talking about death. And he's saying, Simon Peter, you're not ready to die with me. Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? And listen to what he says. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus knew he wasn't ready to do it. And Jesus answered, will you really? Really, Peter? Really? Will you really lay down your life for me? And then he answers, very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. You can't go with me now, Peter. You're not ready yet. Now, here's the question the disciples are faced with. What do we do when Jesus goes away? For three years, we get questions, we just ask Jesus. We feel lost and don't know which way to turn, we need direction in our lives, we just ask Jesus. What do you do when Jesus goes away? So that's what we're going to talk about today. 
One of the things that I, I love about my phone, about having a smartphone, is that I don't ever anymore worry about how to get to where I'm going. Used to, you know, years ago, anytime you got ready to go somewhere, you had to ask yourself, do I know how to get there? Now, I don't even think about it. My wife works with me. She puts the address of all my appointments in my phone. I get in my car. I just touch the address. A verbal voice comes over the phone that says, you will arrive in 12 minutes. Turn left. And so I just follow the prompts. It's awesome. Did did you know that there was a day when Annette and I would get in our car to take a trip, and we would get an atlas. It was like this big, and then you opened that up to like this big. Fit really nice in any car, okay? And we would actually sit down at our kitchen table and we would draw out the, the, the route. We're going to go up here and hit 35 and then we're going to take this over and then we're going to... We would draw out the whole trip. And then when we got to where we were going, we would brag about the route. Oh, yeah, we took the best route. People are stupid. They go the other way. I don't know why people would go that way. I don't go that way. I go this way. Like we, we had some kind of superiority, you know, in knowing routes or something like that. We don't ever worry about it anymore. We just, we just, in our phone, I'll just speak the address. And it just takes us to where we need to go. So this is the question of the hour. Are you ready for this one? I mean, don't you want to know what the question of the hour is? This is it. When you feel lost in life, when you don't know which way to turn, When you need direction, and all of us do, which voice do you listen to? That's the question. Nobody gets to not answer the question. Nobody gets to live as if the question does not exist. Nobody. When you feel lost in life, when you need direction, when you don't know which way to turn, when you've got these really big questions and you don't have answers for them, the question is, which voice will you listen to? Now think about the passage. Jesus says to the disciples, I'm only going to be with you for a little bit longer. In other words, I'm going to go away and where I'm going, you can't follow me. Okay, you're not ready to follow me yet. And now the disciples, for the very first time in three years since they met Jesus, for the very first time, they're faced with a question. And the question is, which voice will we listen to now? When we don't know which way to turn, when we feel lost, when we have questions we don't have answers to, which voice are we going to listen to? Now, the reason it's important for us today is obvious. There are many voices speaking into your life right now. I mean, you're listening to podcasts. You're listening to all forms of media. You're listening to friends. You're listening to people. And everybody has an answer for your questions. You're never going to struggle to find an answer to your question. Somebody wants to answer every question you have. There are many belief systems. There are many ideas out there that people are embracing. But the question of the hour remains, which voice do you listen to? When you feel lost, when you don't know which way to turn, when you lack direction, when you have questions you don't have answers for, 
What voice do you listen to? So, I told you a few weeks ago about a story I'd heard about a preacher whose name is Lloyd John Ogilvie. He was the pastor of the First Presbyterian Church in Hollywood, California. He became kind of popular because he wrote a lot of books, and he was also the chaplain of the U.S. Senate for several years. But he wrote a lot of books on prayer. And so one Sunday morning, I, I told you this story. I said that Lloyd John Ogilvie came to this place in his life that he assumed that his prayer life was 90 to 95 percent him talking to God. He said, I believed in this idea of God talking to me, but I only allowed about maybe five to ten percent for that kind of thing. And so I told you this story, and your response to the story was overwhelming to me in personal conversations, in text, in emails. He said, I decided I was going to reverse that. And so instead of me talking to God like 90 to 95% of the time in prayer, I was going to listen for 90 to 95% of the time. And I was only going to talk about 5 to 10% of the time. He said it was transformational. I noticed way more of my prayers were being answered. And instead of me just trying to get God to do what I wanted Him to do, I found myself living more in rhythm with what God was doing. So, so here's what I think. I think that we are prone to think about prayer in these ways, okay? If somebody just asks you, so what, what is praying? What, tell me, I don't know what prayer is. Tell me what prayer is. You, you might be tempted to say, oh, prayer is when we talk to God. More specifically, I think that we might be tempted to say, even in a more narrow category, oh, prayer is when we ask God for stuff. But what about this listening element of prayer? And so I shared with you, since I heard the story about Ogilvy, I began to just begin my prayer time with two words, okay? I'm here. And I began to try to listen to see what God was wanting to say to me. And I would take a pencil and my legal pad and I would write down a few words along the way. Now there's times when I, I have this agenda and I come to God in prayer and I got some stuff to talk about. The truth is I got a list. And I don't feel bad about having a list. I'm praying for many of you on my list. And sometimes I just, you know, God, I just, I got a list, man. We got to get through the list. But there are times when I just feel God saying, there's some things I want to talk about. So I remember particularly one night, my youngest daughter, Morgan, this was a few years ago, was at our home. And Morgan and I were talking about something and we were not moving forward in the conversation. And I got frustrated with Morgan and I was pretty straightforward with Morgan. But in Morgan fashion, she hugged me and told me she loved me and kissed me. And, and Morgan does this thing where when you hug her, 
you know, if you don't just really hug her tight, she goes, hug me like you mean it. And so I'm sure I hugged her like I meant it. And the next morning I get up and I'm in my little place to pray and I've got a list because I got a lot on my agenda, right? And I want to talk to God about a lot of stuff. But it just seemed to me that God only wanted to talk about my exchange with Morgan the night before. And I remember finally just pushing my list to the side and I said, okay. And I really felt God was saying to me, I think you should call her. And I think you should say you're sorry. And so I called her. And I said I was sorry. I, I know. I know that it could be the case that maybe a few people in the room are saying, really? <laughs> really, Pastor Rick? You think God talks to you when you do that listening thing, when you do that, I'm here? And you sit there with a legal pad and a pencil. Really, honestly, let's just be honest with each other. Aren't the chances really good that what you're hearing are just your own thoughts coming back at you? You really think God's running the whole universe, but yet He's uh, talking to Rick Harvey? Well, what I'm going to do is walk you through some things that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit about this fact that I'm leaving, but it's okay because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And what is implied deeply in this conversation with Jesus is that there is definitely a two-way conversation with you and God. So let me, let me start, okay? Let me go to John chapter 16. So Jesus feels the consternation of the disciples. Hey, man, you can't go away. I mean, you're the one that we turn to when we don't know where to turn, right? When we're feeling lost, we go to you. When we have questions we don't have answers for, we go to you. And Jesus says, hey, guys, listen, it is for your good that I'm going away. It's, it's really for your good. Because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. Now, the word advocate, Greek, paraclete, simply means one who is called in to help. Okay? I'm going away, but the Father is going to call someone else in to help you. And in a moment, I'll show you where he defines that really carefully. And so here's what he says. This one that's called in to help you, a lot of things he's going to do for you. So let's just list them, okay? Let's start with John 14. Here's what he says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. So I've been your helper, Jesus says. When you didn't know which way to turn, I was there to tell you where to turn. When you had questions you didn't have answers for, I answered your questions. I was your helper, but now you're going to get another advocate. Two, what's he going to do? Help you, and he is going to say it with me, be with you forever. And then he identifies who this is. It is the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit is going to help you, and the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. 
I mean, this is black and white. Well, yellow and white at this point, but you get the point, I think, right? Let me take you to John 16 again, or 14 again, rather. Here's what he says. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, so no confusion about who we're talking about here, right? Whom the Father will send in my name, he is going to, say it with me, all things, and he will, say it with me, remind you of everything I've said to you. So now, the Holy Spirit is going to help you. He is going to be with you. He is going to teach you. He is going to remind you. Let me tell you something, guys. Just because I'm going away, it doesn't mean I'm going to leave you on your own. God is going to give you His Holy Spirit, and His Holy Spirit is going to help you and teach you and remind you. And God, and let me go to the next verse, John 16, I believe we are. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will, say it with me, guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit's going to help you, He's going to be with you, He's going to teach you, He's going to remind you, and He's going to guide you. You get your own smart Jesus. He becomes your GPS. He's going to help you get through this life. So we've been reading a book together, and the series is called Soul Shift. And here's what Steve Deneff And David Drury says about a shift. What if you made this shift? What if you shifted from asking others to listening to God? What if every time you came up against something, you didn't Google it? But what if you said, the Holy Spirit lives in me as a follower of Jesus. And instead of looking for an external voice... I'm going to listen to the internal voice. And instead of asking a friend to lead me, I think I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to lead me. Now, that's not saying that God doesn't speak to us through other people or saying that God does not speak to us through His Word. We all know that He does. But combined with that is this inner voice where something quickens inside of us and we realize... God's leading me. So once in a while, somebody will say to me, okay, I hear all this, but God doesn't speak to me, Pastor Rick. Other people say God talks to them. Not me. God doesn't talk to me. Always hear people say God told them to do something or God told them something. God's never told me anything. And so usually when I have that conversation, I say to them things like, well, have you ever been like in in church or been in in a class or maybe been in a small group and somebody was teaching or preaching and and whatever they said, you you felt like, whoa. I think I needed to hear that. I tell them, I say, I think that's God speaking. Or, or have there ever been a time like when you had the Bible open and you were reading something in the Bible, and as you were reading it, all of a sudden you were like, oh my goodness, I, I do that. That's, that's not right. And, and you sense that you need to change, I think that's God speaking to you. 
or ask them, or you just find yourself driving down the road one day and you're reflecting on a life situation and you, and you sense something and you're saying, I need to, I need to change. I think that's God speaking to you. And once in a while, somebody will say to me, nope, I don't get that stuff like you get. Then I tend to ask people this question. Are, are you listening? Are you, are you tuned in? Like, do you pray? Do you, do you read the Bible? Are, are you pretty faithful in church? Because I'll just level with you. That's where God most usually speaks to me in those places. It, it, it's often, you know, the situation with Morgan, that was where God talked to me. It was when I was trying to pray. Or it's often when I open the Bible and I just go, whoa, this is, that's what I needed to hear today. Yesterday I read words in my devotions that said, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And I just felt like God was saying, you need to forgive. See, if, if you say to me, um, I don't pray unless I'm desperate. I don't, I don't read the Bible unless I got some major something going on. I don't go to church unless life really gets out of whack. Then I would say, well, I'm not surprised that you're saying to me that you don't, you don't hear God speak. Not that God can't break through any time that He wants, but, but that's where I tend to hear God speak. And I guess the question is, do you feel like you're tuned in? Or have you become content to just simply listen to all the other voices that are out there? Because there are so many voices trying to talk to you. The question of the hour hasn't changed. When you feel lost and you don't know which way to turn. And you need direction in your life. And you've got questions you don't have answers for. Which voice are you going to listen to? Still the question of the hour. So I was thinking, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this, uh, this week about those times when God tends to speak to me. And it's often when I'm reading the Scripture or reading maybe a, a book about living a Christian life or when I'm praying or maybe when I'm at church with you. Uh, there's other times, of course, too. And, and there are those moments when God just says, forgive, or God seems to say to me, you should go talk to those people. But there's also these moments when, um, when God just says, do you have any idea, Rick Harvey, how much I love you? Do you have any sense... A few months ago, the Lord just said, do, do you need any other proof that I'm with you? <laughs> do you need me to do anything else to show you that I'm, I'm walking with you every day, man? You good? Because I think I've done everything you need to know that right now. 
So I think we live in, in, in a world of shoulds, you know. I should. I know I should. God thinks I should. Rick thinks I should. My mama thinks I should. I should, I should read my Bible more. Yeah, you should. I mean, the answer to that question is always yes, right? I don't care when you ask it in life. I should pray more. Absolutely. Who shouldn't pray more? You know what? I've never experienced once in all of my years of being a pastor. Nobody has ever come to me and said, Pastor, help me just a little bit. I'm simply praying too much these days. My praying's over the top. Would you pray that I'll quit praying so much? Never, ever experienced that. The answer is always yes. You, you should pray. Okay. We could all pray more. Go to church more. You've you, you got to go to the why. The why is not God's son. I'm trying to mess with your schedule and just fill it with stuff. The why is there is this whole new life for you. Where you live in communication, two-way communication with the Father through His Holy Spirit who is here to help you and be with you and guide you and teach you and remind you. That's why we do those things. Because this whole new life of living in relationship with God is then made available to you. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We get to do something awesome this morning, and that is celebrate together the presence of Jesus, the fact that we're not alone, that we're not here to fend on our, for ourselves, but that Jesus is with us and will be with us. So we have people who are going to come and serve us. In a moment, a tray is going to come by you, and there will be in that tray two glasses stacked together take the stack because in the bottom cup there is a piece of bread and in the top cup there is a drink and you might put the bread in your hand and then maybe stack the cups back together that might help you to manage that and then after you've received the elements I'm going to ask you to hold them in your hand don't eat and drink yet wait until everybody in the room has been served and then what we'll do is we'll eat and drink together, okay? Does that work for you? And so you might be asking, who should eat and drink? I think I would say this to you this morning. Anybody who is seeking sincerely Jesus. If you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. I want more of Jesus in my life. We see it as a means of grace. It may be this morning that somebody in this act is forgiven of their sins. And so it may be that you're here today saying, hey, Rick. This life you talk about where you're not alone, but you got this helper. This, I want that life. I need somebody to be with me, to help me, to guide me, to teach me, all those things. And so this morning you may just say, I'm going to receive the elements. Normally I may not. But I'm going to pray that I can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to be in me. And that happens when I come to know Jesus, when I'm born again. When I say, God, I know there's something that separates me from you and it's my sin. And so I'm asking you to remove that which separates me from you. Forgive me of my sin. Live in me. Let your Holy Spirit in me, live in me to help me, to guide me, to teach me. And I'm going to live my life for you. And so if that's your story, take the cup today and pray that prayer with me. 
And it may be that you say, oh, Rick, I've, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've, I've been born again, but I've been listening to other voices. <laughs> and I've kind of tuned him out. And I'm not needing God to speak up. I just need to get the other voices to be quiet. And I need to be in the Word, and I need to pray, and I need to be faithful to church and all those kinds of things and be Christian community so that I can hear again. Because God's speaking. God never stopped speaking. And so this morning we pray for grace. So when Jesus was with His disciples, He took the bread and He blessed it. And this bread is now blessed. And He said, take this and eat it. It is my body that is broken for you. Let's eat together. And then He took the cup and He said... This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out as a ransom for many. Drink it, all of you, and it is blessed. Drink it. So we celebrate the fact that we're not alone today, Jesus. And we thank you for loving us. And we pray that your grace would just be poured out in all of our lives right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.